It is January 28th, 2022. It is Royal Rumble Eve, and this is the Wrestling Inc. podcast. I'm Glenn Rubenstein, joined by Christy Olson, former WWE NXT announcer. And uh, tonight, we're going to talk all about SmackDown and Rampage. The yeah. Royal Rumble is tomorrow, the premium live event. Christy, are you excited? Yay, I am excited, Glenn. Um, it's one of my my favorite, you know, flagship pay-per-views of the year. Uh, not just because, I mean, I know it's everybody's favorite, but for me, it's about the fact that 30 superstars are going to get a chance to shine in one match, you know, 60 total. And um, they're telling some really great backstories this year where I feel like um, we're going to get some payoff to um, some little Easter eggs that have been left here and there for us the last few weeks. So I'm really excited. It kind of feels like anything could happen tomorrow. Yeah, I feel like they've really laid some groundwork uh, for this event. And there's a lot of stories going in. I think that it's almost been to the detriment of some of the weekly programming as of late. They've been so busy layering this story that is going to get a payoff tomorrow night that we've maybe sacrificed some short-term storytelling as a result of that. Yeah, you know, that's an interesting observation. I, I won't disagree with that. But on that note, that kind of makes me think about what will be to come after Saturday, you know, and so that means a fresh start. If yeah. we get uh, if, if we get everything that they, we've been promised for the last few weeks, then some superstars can reset. Now, maybe we'll, we'll be some new feuds too that kick off tomorrow. Yeah, and it's uh, interesting tonight. The I, you know I, I don't think Johnny Knoxville and Sami Zayn are going to be done after tomorrow night. Um, I like how they're taking Naomi and Sonya and running that as a story through the Rumble. I'm sure that will continue as well. And I feel like there's just a lot of groundwork, and then we're going to have you know a major championship match tomorrow as well. So it's exciting. But do you feel like with a Saturday event for WWE, we're so used to the go home, having a little bit of a break, like you want to build anticipation. But now I almost worry that, um, you know, tonight was almost not destined to fail, but destined to just be like, it's, it's like getting to open one present Christmas Eve, you know, <laughs> knowing that the next day is going to be spectacular. Right. Yeah. Like it's almost a throwaway show, yeah. which you, you never want that to be the attitude about anything that you're making money on for sure. Um, so yeah, it sort of feels like any buzz that they could create tonight doesn't even really have enough time to, to reach any potential viewers for tomorrow. Right. So yeah. I, I, I agree with you on that one. And also we're just so conditioned to a Sunday pay-per-view, you know, this, this isn't the first Saturday one by any means, but I just cannot get used to it. Yeah, it's going to take some adjusting and not saying pay-per-view anymore. Premium live oh, right. event. Shame, shame on me. I know. Well, <laughs> you know, it's like dropping hospital instead of local medical facility. I mean, oh, you know. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Belt instead of championship. I would never. Oh, love it. Uh, so let's dive in and start with SmackDown tonight, and then we'll preview the Rumble card after that before we talk about the Rampage tonight. But we did open uh, with Charlotte Flair, and this was a really nice segment in how they layered this with Shayna Baszler coming out, with Aaliyah coming out, uh, with Natalia coming out, and Shotzi coming out. What what? What do you think in general of these sort of round robin uh, canon style promos where everybody gets to jump in and yes and? Normally it feels cliche and it is something that we could almost predict for the night that that's what we're going to get leading into the Royal Rumble. But in this instance, everything that each of the women had to say seemed important. 
right? We talk about it maybe feeling like a throwaway show, but this really did something to set up, um, you know, to set up some emotion for Saturday. And um, I really loved what Charlotte had to say. It again made made you feel like sort of anything can happen. Yeah. And, um, you know, I know Shana's new music fell a little flat to some people from what I was reading online, but, um, you know, she, Shana Baszler is not going to be about the music. She's not going to be about the entrance. She's going to be about what she does on Saturday. And um, we were reminded by that tonight. Yeah. No, absolutely. And then we did also have the headline return of Sasha Banks coming out tonight. And that's interesting, too, because that seems like a return they would save for the Rumble, but it's that sort of, well, we have to cover our bases and let people know she's going to be there. Yeah, especially, I think, because there was so much coverage. People were so sure that she wasn't going to be back in time yeah. for the Rumble. Yeah. Uh, also interesting, though, that they felt like they needed to tell us that, right? Did they did they feel like maybe um, there wasn't enough other strong storyline or strong headlines uh, for the Women's Battle Royal? Why or for the Women's Royal Rumble, why did they feel like they needed to tell us that Sasha was going to be back instead of letting it be a surprise? Well, and I wonder if they did this tonight to whet people's appetite. I mean, we've heard the rumors about Asuka being in the Rumble, about even Ronda Rousey making a return. I, I still think the Bailey thing has been a fake out when they've been saying, oh, she won't be back till March. I think that's to, to misdirect us for a surprise Rumble appearance. Oh, okay. So you still have your money on Bailey making an appearance tomorrow as well, huh? I don't trust anything anymore. How, how <laughs> does this work for you, Christy? Because for you, having been inside, is it like everything's a work at a certain point? Like you just don't know what to believe? Um, I guess to an extent. Yeah. I'm yes, I am always suspicious of everything. And I usually think that I can I'm like, oh, I know why they did that. I'll could, I can yeah. tell you why that had to happen. You know what I mean? Um, but as it's been longer and longer that I've been out, I've been able to sort of um, put that away and kind of put my my fun fan goggles on again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, while watching. Yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens. But I'm excited about that. I'm more excited about the women's rumble than the men's just because I think of that air of unpredictability. And then plus when we have Mickey James appearing, I mean, I think it really sets uh, some interesting, there could be some really interesting directions things could, things could go in tomorrow night. Yeah, for sure. And also, you know, um, again, with all kind of the B storylines, I'm yeah. excited to see what goes on between Summer Rae and Natty. You know, yeah. those are two superstars who normally don't usually have our eyes by any means. And of course we haven't even seen summer for a couple of years. So again, it's those, it's those little things. It's the, um, they were seemed like they were planting some seeds tonight about Bianca possibly yeah. uh, being one of only the fourth person ever, right. To win yeah. uh, the Royal rumble twice in a row. So, you know, there, there are so, just so many possibilities. Yeah. It could be really interesting to see uh, what happens with all of this. And I like all the different storylines they have. I like the lead is going to be back. Um, I'm just looking forward to it tomorrow night and I'm not even doing the podcast tomorrow and I'm going to be watching the rumble um, just because it's one of my favorite pay-per-views of the year. And I think the women's rumbles thus far have all been very special uh, in how they've been presented and booked. Mm -hmm. Yeah, not just the women, um, but the men as well. And all the other matches on this card, yeah. it, it sort of feels like you do have to tune in live because yeah. they're, you're, you're not going to want any of this to be spoiled, right? Yeah. Um, I know there's a lot of questions about Brock Lesnar and, you know, who will end up being champions by the end of the night by the Men's Royal Rumble. Um, you know, and I, I'm, I'm just, anything could happen, Glenn. I know. Well, I'm trying to suspend disbelief about Seth versus Roman. I don't know. 
Yeah, you know, I I really like to see what everybody thinks. So yeah. I kind of like to dive into um, fan predictions and that kind of thing. And I read some pretty strong cases today hmm. for for Seth possibly winning that match, you yeah. know, and um, the way they've been setting it up as well. I mean, is there anyone else who could do it and have it still work with everything they're doing with Roman? Not really. So, so again, yeah, let's put that disbelief way, way up there. <laughs> Suspend it high, Glenn, um, because you might yeah. not even be able, you might not need it on Saturday. Although, you know, maybe every time they start talking about how long someone's been champion and they're about to reach a milestone or just reached a milestone, I always feel like that signals, okay, they wanted to get it in the books and now it's time for a change. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, that's true. And again, does Roman Reigns need a championship? Mm. I mean, I think, you know, Brock Lesnar needs one even less, but uh, yeah. we're, we're all looking forward to that match, regardless if there are championships involved or not. Yeah. And I think uh, this was very interesting. I think there's a lot of different ways this could go with the women's rumble based on this promo. Who uh, we will talk later about who our picks are specifically for these, but I mean, it was nice seeing uh, Sasha and Charlotte face off in the ring again and um though i thought the promos tonight were really good i think the women's division on smackdown given how they're booked just baffles me sometimes given how much talent there is mm -hmm. yeah you you looked at those women in the ring tonight and and kind of felt like wow not only do they all deserve to be there not that it's for me to decide who deserves to be there but um those are some well-earned spots yeah and then it's interesting because then we contrast this. It's followed up by Ridge Holland and Sheamus versus Cesaro and Ricochet. And um, I don't know. How are you feeling about Ridge Holland? Um, he's serving his purpose, right? He understands the assignment. Ridge does. Uh, yeah. And we finally got some, some blow off tonight. Um, as far as this possibly being a throwaway show, you know, that was a long-term storyline that we saw happening between him and Ricochet and the nose breaking and the whole thing. Um, yeah. And this was a, this was a payoff to that tonight. So it did feel kind of valuable. Um, I like Ridge. And um, I think it's pretty clear that the brass, as they, as they say backstage are pretty high on him too. And I can see why. I just, I still don't get how they screwed up Ricochet on the main roster. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I see what you mean. You know, when, when you watch him, he, it hasn't broken his spirit, you yeah. know, every, all the potential that he had is still there. So I think I just always kind of have my hopes high that, um, maybe they will put the faith in him that, that we all think they should have in him. Um, do you think that maybe this could be his chance now, now that this whole, now that the whole Ridge Holland thing is sort of put to rest, like what's next for Ricochet, you know, yeah. is it tomorrow? I don't know if they, I mean, maybe, I mean, look, just in terms of pure in-ring performance, I still think no one can touch him in WWE. And even I would put him toe to toe against the best of AEW or any other promotion. Like that's never been his uh, shortcomings and even his, his entrance, um, his music, like that's all there. It's just, you know, it, I think being an exceptionally gifted athlete, unfortunately, like that's not enough to be your character in this mm -hmm. modern age. And I just feel like that's where he's never broken through to become a true superstar. That's true. It, it is enough to make people just like him and, and yeah. want him and probably buy his shirts. And so, you know, again, I mean, that, that potential is, is always there for him. Yeah. 
but it's like it's like figure skating right it's like you look at the olympics every year and you have very talented figure skaters but the ones that we talk about are like the johnny weirs are uh the the skaters that have more personality stand out more because if you train hard enough and you've been doing this for long enough anyone can go out there and do a technically superior performance it's that pizzazz you know, the razzmatazz, for lack of a better word, that I think really puts you over. So do you feel that Ricochet doesn't have that or he just hasn't been given the opportunity to show that? I feel like he's had that. And then I think it's unfortunate. And again, I never blame the performers. This is entirely on creative. I feel like the promos that they gave him early on just set him up to fail. Mm -hmm. Um, Like there was no meat on the bone. It was just like, oh, this is a guy that's got the cheat codes. He's like a walking superhero. It was just all little sound bites on commentary. But then when he would talk, there was just no substance that really made you believe. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, you know, he maybe could have benefited from a little more time at NXT. Yeah. I think just for the audience sake, you know, for, for fans to to get to know him better, get behind him more, get to see more of what he can do. Um, and if he maybe would have been given some bigger opportunities down there, you know, that could have um, given him a chance to prove himself. You know, and looking at it now, given where NXT 2.0 is at versus where NXT used to be, I would say that the old NXT, your character didn't have to necessarily develop beyond just being an amazing athlete and a gifted performer in the ring and that's why we saw some of the biggest successes on the main roster from nxt guys like elias uh Mm -hmm. people who came up without necessarily getting over in nxt because their wrestling wasn't next level those characters work better on the main roster whereas the more gifted and proficient athletes came up to the main roster and it was very hit or miss Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's true because the NXT always audience has always been the more tuned in fans, the the yeah. smarter fans, if you will, um, and unfortunately for them, the the older fans as well. Yeah, which is which is why Tony D'Angelo, the complete package. He's got the character, <laughs> he's got the in ring ability. You know, he's going places. Woohoo! <laughs> so, uh, God, I wish I could get more excited about Ridge Holland and Sheamus. <laughs> Uh, versus Cesaro and Ricochet. Love Cesaro. I just, I get, I feel, yeah, it's just he's at the, the good hand phase of his career. Yeah. And you know, anytime that Cesaro and Sheamus get in the ring together, it's not that it bores me or that I think, oh, we've seen this more a million bajillion times. I just think, how do they even get excited about that anymore? You know what I mean? I'm always looking for like, I'm like, are they doing little things to try to like pop each other or, you know, are, are they messing with each other in the ring? Cause they just must be so bored doing the same things over and over. And now, you know, they've, they're, they're doing it uh, at the, at the expense of putting over the the younger guys too. So I don't know. That almost adds more insult to injury. I, I don't know. I don't That's know. why I miss house shows. I miss watching wrestlers amuse themselves. Yes. There's something to be said for that. You can't get away with it on a weekly television, unfortunately, as much. But okay, so high point tonight, we finally had Naomi versus Sonya Deville in a fair, legitimate match for Naomi to get her win. What did you think about this and seeing Sonya back wrestling after such a long break? I I was really looking forward to this one, but I have to say, I... I the whole idea that Sonia is now a chicken shit heel, yeah. um, of course, I can get on board with that. It makes sense in the story. It makes sense the fact that she is now, um, you know, an, an executive and has some power behind the scenes or whatever it may be. But I just don't believe Sonia Deville being scared of anyone. 
You know, yeah. you can't, you can't um, just kind of shove it down our throats for years of like, she's a badass. We've seen her be a badass. We've heard her yeah. speak like a badass and just terrorize every opponent she's ever been in the ring with. And now all of a sudden she's afraid of a little glow. I, I just, that, that just bothered me. You know, I just, I just wasn't buying that. So yeah. to finally get the payoff of a match was great. And again, it started off with her kind of dodging and, and ducking Naomi. And I just, I can't get into that when she started really kicking her butt and doing kind of the dirty stuff outside the ring, that kind of thing. Um, I, I really got into it. And I think yeah. it, it made both of these women look strong. You know, this could have very easily um, been something where we look at the, look at it and go, well, where does Sonia go from here now? So now yeah. is she just a, is she just a, a general manager type now? Is she just going to be a manager? You know, what is that? So, at least this um, gave us some hope for her future and it made Naomi continue to look strong and everybody loves her. And I think um, this show tonight needed just a feel good win for the, like win one for the audience, right? One for the fans. Yeah. Naomi is, is fantastic. And I love seeing her get that win tonight with Sonia. I don't feel that they've ever really fleshed out what her issue is with Naomi. Right. And I don't know, and the, and the surface of it, I mean, it just, it seems kind of thin. Um, but I almost wonder if we're going to see her start to abuse her power more and maybe do more of a storyline with this because um, oh, we, we were actually talking about this, uh, Issa and I, in our Yellow Jackets podcast, we we're saying, you know, there's nothing scarier than when someone feels like they have a lot of power and control over a group and they start to lose that, they become very unpredictable. So I like the idea that maybe Sonya is going to be set off a little bit and start making some weird booking decisions and start some doing some things that's going to get her ousted, but turn her into just a monster heel. Yeah, like she's going to start to unravel a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Because of all this, I like that. And she could definitely pull that off so well. And that could get her back to, you know, that unstoppable force in the ring, which is what we know she really is. Um, yeah. but, but man, she's killing it in the position she's in now too. Um, I that I could, I could really see them saying, no, we're going to keep you here for a while just because you're so darn good at it. She definitely is, although she's going to be one of the GMs in the new WWE game. So what better time than to strip her of that position than right before the game comes up? Right. A lot of buzz about that, though. Um, I saw people people kind of really like being a little wowed by the footage that they saw um, yeah. in the promo. The, what was it? The broadcast premiere of the trailer or whatever it was. Um, they did a good job of making a big deal out of that. And uh, oh, yeah. it looks like fun. I'm not a gamer, but uh, I think people are excited about it. The trailers are always A+. Plus. The games are always much lower down the grid scale. <laughs> oh, and I wish I wish the people that were in charge of the trailers were working at WWE Creative. Right? You know? Because they just put out some of the best WWE content every year in those trailers. Um, so, yeah, so we'll see what happens. But, no, I like that idea, and I like that uh, announcing that they're uh, going to be in the Rumble tomorrow night. That's, uh Yeah. Like there's a good way to continue this. And I wonder if Sony can use or abuse some of her power in the rumble match, because that could allow for some more interesting storytelling opportunities. Yeah. If she's at least got one or two superstars in her pocket or, or something, uh, you know, if she tries to pull some strings with the ref, there are a lot of possibilities there. Um, and man, the, the women's rumble is so boiling over with stories. It's like, I hope they give it the time that that it all needs so that we can get the satisfied payoff from yeah. all of that, you know? 
Yeah, we'll see. Um, I'm really looking forward to it, though, and I, I love this match tonight, but I, this is definitely not the end for them. And I just want Naomi to to get another run with the title and just get more TV time to really showcase what she can do because she's such an incredible performer. Everyone's behind her character. And at the Rumble, I mean, that for, I mean, you've seen it in years past where she was trending and attracting non-wrestling fans to pay attention. So, you know, in my mind, she's always a safe bet to steal the show. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the most valuable things you can do there is uh, make the make the mainstream news, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. Uh, maybe, uh, you know, she'll have to land on Sonia outside of the ring to keep her from uh, hitting the ground. <laughs> I love it. Uh, so, yeah, this this is good tonight. And but I couldn't believe it when Naomi said you've been tormenting me for 153 days. <laughs> I swear you're I, like, really? It's been I, that long and we still haven't gotten really an explanation as to what's going on here. I felt like the storyline started back in my twenties. Uh, it's been going on a very long time. And, uh, I mean, it's crazy when you think about it, right? Cause what's the average, I don't know what the average life cycle is of a WWE feud, but 153 days seems excessive to just now get to an actual match. Right. Yeah, I mean, I guess that shows you how much faith they have in both uh, in both Sonia and uh, and Naomi that they would keep it going. See, that's the glass half full. My idea is like they forgot this was going on, and then every couple <laughs> weeks they're like, "Yeah, hey, we should do something with that." Or Sonia should be mean to her again. Write that. Write that in for tonight. You know? <laughs> write that down. Yeah, can't give them a match, but let's just have another altercation. Um, we have the Usos backstage. And worried about being banned from ringside during Rollins versus Roman's reign at the Rumble. And the Viking Raiders walk up. Usos acknowledge them as their new challengers. Um, what do you think of the Viking Raiders? You know, they're fun, but what about beyond that again we don't we never blame the performers we don't blame the talent um i we just feel like we haven't seen what those guys can do yet i think that um the more opportunities they have to talk and show what they can do on the mic the more faith that we'll be put in them because they have this great look and it's all about coming out and banging the chest and all that but then you hear them and you see them in a backstage interview situation like that and with the usos and it's like i think they can be funny yeah. you know they could be dramatic like those two can do a lot um and i'm wondering if now putting them in the picture with the usos is how they will finally maybe uh get to show off what they can do yeah you know it'll be interesting if they can make them a little more credible get away from the days of doing the silly vignettes um mm -hmm. And whatnot. Oh, and then we had uh, Sami Zayn, who let everyone know that In Zayn has now been repackaged as a podcast. Because <laughs> that's what we all want. We Another all... wrestling podcast. I would listen to Sami Zayn in character or out of character doing a podcast. That would be fascinating. She would probably learn something. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> uh, but tonight, uh, his guests were Jinder Mahal and Shanky. And... Um, you know, uh, he was, of course, interrupted uh, by uh, Rick Boogs and Shinsuke Nakamura. Fans were chanting for Johnny Knoxville. Uh, we did have Boogs and Shinsuke come out and we do a match between them. Um, yeah. How are you feeling about the gender shanky pairing? I feel like they've gotten a lot of TV time without much development. 
They have. I mean, and that Sh- Shanky, right? It just always yeah, feels shanky. weird saying it. Shanky, he is such a specimen. He is so wow. I mean, he could just stand there, and and I think people would kind of be enamored with him. But then when he gets an opportunity to really show what he could do in the ring, um, like he did tonight as well, I love that he's one of those guys who um, he makes everybody look good. When you're that yeah. big, if, if anyone can get any kind of offense in on you, you look good. Um, and the pairing with Jinder really works. You know, Jinder needed something new, fresh, fun. I mean – I think we just always we we all think of you know his championship run and the Singh brothers and all of that when you think of Jinder Mahal and perhaps with Shaky by his side you know maybe there's kind of a new a new era of Jinder coming in. Yeah, and it's interesting too because as part of his podcast, Sammy's asking them questions, and you know they're talking about how how big Jackass is in India and Shanky loving the bungee porta potty. And you know what's interesting? So uh, you know we talked on this podcast. Just about, you know, like you said, the sort of the phonetics of Shanky to to the the Amer- in the Mer- American vernacular. And it was actually a fan of this podcast that that tipped me off to Shanky meaning the key to success uh, as a name of Indian origin. And it's actually kind of amazing that they had this opportunity tonight where they're talking and Jinder's not putting him over and saying like, well, this guy is going to be the key to our success as a tag team and kind of making the name cool because I think you know, phonetically to the ear, it does sound like a funny word in English, as as many names do. But it's amazing to me they had an opportunity to really put him over tonight, and they didn't do that with that simple explanation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I wouldn't have... Man, that's going in deep. (laughs) I wouldn't have made note of all that, but um, yeah, you're you're right. I I just think about you have this time, I mean, and I'm sure you can appreciate this, it's like, you're on nationally broadcast television. You've got... 30 seconds to develop a character and instead, Oh, is Jackass big in India? As opposed to like, let's just do something to forward this. And I feel it's been a victim of the promos. I mean, their promo against hit row was super cringe. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I feel like they just haven't given them a good opportunity to really be put over as credible. And I mean, and they both have the look and gender is a former champion. I don't know. Uh, It was, it was interesting tonight to just see that that's the direction it went with this. And then it turned into the match, uh, with uh, Shitsuke and Rick versus Jinder and Shanky with uh, Boogs and Shinsuke getting the win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and man, doesn't that just seem like um, like Vince is sitting somewhere in a room of all the guys that he could just write and come up with in his head, it would be just exactly this, right? Um, yeah, just all of those guys are such huge personalities, you know, and and endearing people, the endearing the fans to someone like Shanky means they have to get to know him. Like yeah. you said, instead of just gender telling everybody that he's going to make them a winning team, we we are reminded, oh yeah, he's from India. Oh, he loves jackass. Oh, you know, now I feel mm-hmm. like I know this guy a little bit. I can root for him. Um, so, so I love that. But I just think, man, this was just meant to be gold, you know, Boogs and Shinsuke and then those two. It's like, this is just good, fun, Friday night, Smackdown fun. <laughs> I'm amazed they haven't broken Boogs and Shinsuke up yet because I feel like that feud is going to be money. Well, yeah. And just because people are so into Boogs and it just seems like Shinsuke never seemed like someone who would need a Boogs. Um, but it is working out so well with the two of them together. Um, I'm looking forward to the breakup as well, but you know, I don't know that I, I wouldn't 
assume that they see Boogs getting um, a lot of fans and having, you know, signs in the audience and all that, people loving what he does on the guitar and on the mic. I don't know that they necessarily see that as translating to huge in-ring superstar. Yeah. You know what I mean? He may be a bit pigeonholed and um, who knows if he'll ever really get an opportunity to uh, do any, do more really than what he's giving us now because everybody loves it so much. It's working so well. Yeah. And I think um, having the audiences back, it's it's a time when it's like, let's keep him as the hype man and just really getting the crowd amped. It definitely works for that very, very well. Yeah. Uh, so we went from that to the new day. So Big E tonight, uh, with Kofi Kingston on SmackDown going up against happy Corbin and madcap Moss and, uh, getting that win. How's, how, how's madcap Moss playing for you as a character? Um, you know, I just, um, it's always kind of a bit of a shock to my system because I just watched so many, many, many Riddick Moss matches. (laughs) When I was there over and over so many. So I just, um, I just know what he used to give and um, what he's giving now is just so different from who I ever even thought he was or, or could be as a character that um, I'm kind of always just blown away by it. Yeah. He's funny. And then he's got the look and then he does what he does in the ring. And like I said, how he's really adapted that to fit his character. Mm. I mean, it's all, again, it's all working a lot. Didn't it just seem like it was going to be a one or two, one off one, one week, two weeks where it was maybe going to be funny or or cute or that this was going to be something he was going to do and then maybe get released. And now it's turned into this huge thing that um, gets him on TV every week and that people are definitely talking about. So, I mean, he's doing it right. Yeah. I mean, I think at this point, his commitment to it, this is almost becoming yeah. Andy Kaufman-esque anti, anti-comedy. Um, I'm still That's not saying it's, put it. it's not funny yet in my mind, but the fact that they're just so committed to this is remarkable. Yeah. Yeah. And then again, that it wouldn't work without that, right? It it would be too much of a joke without that. The fact that they believe it, like you think that they go skipping backstage um, and then behave this way for the rest of the evening when the cameras aren't on, right? Like I would believe that if I didn't know better. You know, and maybe part of it, Issa always brings this up. We really loved down on his luck baron corbin so much as a character that i feel that moss is almost like taking that away from us in a weird way <laughs> you blame him i, I do I, I, yeah i kind of it's, it's kind of like your parents get divorced and then you blame your dad's new girlfriend for ruining the marriage <laughs> even though she had nothing to do with it right. you're just kind of like this well, i just want my mom and dad back together that's all i want it's never going to happen and so i resent her you know right I mean, I think anything could send uh, Happy Corbin back to the depths of despair, you know? Just, Fingers crossed. You never Let's know. Hope. You never know. <laughs> uh, but it's good to see. I mean, the, uh, okay, so so Biggie with uh, oh yeah he and he was telling uh kayla in a little like backstage promo after the show that he is officially on SmackDown now. Yeah. He has been traded to SmackDown. So it was the Biggie singles run over um yeah i mean i think we all kind of um have been disappointed our our disappointment bucket is full <laughs> in that realm anyway right so like they have to do something um yeah i i think it is but he, you know what he seemed happy tonight he seemed um to be enjoying being back in the ring with kofi and all of that and um 
you know, anything that they give him, whatever position they put him in, he's going to make himself lovable. And we're, and we're still going to cheer for him. So I don't know. Now that you pointed that out again, it does make me kind of sad. It's, it's like we spent five years pining for the Big E singles run again and him getting a championship. And then we got the reality. It's kind of like how uh, uh, I feel like my generation, we spent 20 years wanting Bill and Ted three to happen. And then it happened and it came out and we watched it and it was over very quick. And then we kind of just <laughs> forgot about it and went back to thinking, oh, the idea was maybe better in our heads than the actual reality of it. Right. You know, Biggie singles run was good, but this isn't how I wanted it all to end up. Well, yeah, you know, and now, of course, with it being the Royal Rumble, like it just feels like we need to be given the same thing we're given every year. And then it's Kofi and it's him. And it just uh, I guess we shouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Um, but Shame yeah, on us for getting our hopes up. I know, we should have well, known better. Us being a WWE fan, I mean, you know. <laughs> 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 our live our live listeners and, and viewers tonight yeah. are, are sort of split too in uh how how pessimistic and optimistic they are as far as biggie there were i mean i just look at it and you think about it and i guess it's one of those be glad that it happened not sorry that it's over you know yeah yeah and you know someday when he has another championship title run then it'll just be his that's just adding to his numbers, right? He's been champion X number of times, and I'm sure it's going to happen again. Maybe he'll win the Royal Rumble. Who knows? Maybe. Um, yeah, it'll, it'll be very interesting to see where that goes. And then we have this main event segment tonight with Rollins and Reigns. And can anyone conjure up a fake laugh that could not sound more forced than Seth Rollins? Oh, but he's just, he's so good at making you cringe oh, and being slimy. And it's just like the beard and the, you know, it's like, I know he's this nice, decent guy and he's given sure. us such different characters in the past. And this is just so believable. Like, you're just like, ew, shut up. You know, like really get that visceral reaction from looking at him and watching him like, ugh, really? <laughs> Becky Lynch goes home to you? Really? Ugh. <laughs> and I think that is exactly what uh, what he's trying to evoke from people. So it's working. That would actually make it better if it was like backstage and they're all having a party, and then <laughs> Becky's there being cool, and everyone is just like, th like this guy, really, really. <laughs> <You know? laughs> uh, but this is good tonight, and I like how he was kind of saying like to to Roman, like I made you by you know with the chair and everything that happened in the past, and I mean they're really building him up. I mean his confidence. And to Seth Rollins' credit, yeah, I mean, he, he like, is so good at turning this on. And there is no flinching, no wavering. He's there in front of that crowd, and they're all kind of cringing, and he's just going with it like he's the superstar of the world, you know? Yeah, and when he did start talking, you go, oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, it did seem like you were the chosen one at first. Oh, yeah, yeah you did room Roman Reigns WrestleMania moment. Like, you know, his family's still mad about that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like as he as he kept talking, again, the things that he was saying were so legit and it's so believable that you go, oh, does he really have a chance tomorrow? I mean, that was exactly the kind of promo, the kind of history that you need between two competitors to really build up what's going to go down tomorrow. Like, it, it really... It could just couldn't have been any better for a main event for a go home. No, and I did love this, even though I do not think Rollins is winning tomorrow night. I love that Reigns went for the Superman punch and Rollins ducked it and got out of there. Yes, yes, that was that was surprising, right? Again, it's those. It's like you're like, wait, is this the guy that really can get into Roman's head? 
Like, is this what it'll take? It's not just about being the strongest competitor. Like nobody can take Roman Reigns down. No one can take his championship away. But wait a minute. What about that guy on the shield and the history and yeah. the story and the, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I don't yeah. know. And I still don't discount some outside interference or something. You know, like there's a right. lot of ways Rollins can get that title without having to win clean. Mm-hmm. True. True. Yeah. And, and ways that's, that don't uh, make Roman look any weaker um, or take anything away from him. I guess that's the question though. I mean, so in like, before we get into the Royal Rumble prediction, do you think there are two main event main events for each championship at WrestleMania this year for the, on the men's side that really makes sense. I was thinking about that. You know, it's not like WWE to like pigeonhole themselves that much and giving us that much of the rules and that much of the explanation. Um, yeah, it it does make you question. I I was thinking about that tonight. I'm like, how many main events are? And then, so that's definitely going to be the main event. And then what about, what about over here? What about the women? And um, I think that just makes me think that it's going to be a whole thing. There's going to be some kind of gimmick related to, you know, the main event and, and who's on first and who's choosing what. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Cause that's like too much information. And when they give us too much information, shady. So I, sus. I feel like the last couple of years, there's this pie in the sky idea of, Oh, the rock's going to come back. I want the rock versus Roman. And that will be okay. the WrestleMania main event. And that doesn't okay. happen. And then it's, Oh shit. We have to now figure out what, who Roman's opponent's going to be at WrestleMania. Right. Like they really want to hold out hope. Like they're like, Oh, we know he has a movie. We know he's scheduled. We know yeah. we can't get him for five years, but like maybe if we promote it and then make the fans think, and then the fans will ask him and bother about it. And maybe he'll just, maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe no, no. Yeah. No not coming he's busy and he's only gonna get busier when he runs for president come on that's true it's true but yeah i think i mean roman versus brock even that they've already done that to death it mm-hmm. feels like so i don't know i don't think it does I, let me put it this way i think there's a lot of matches they could put together that will please the fans but i don't know that there's if ronda is back and ronda versus becky one-on-one that's mm. going to be the match everyone's talking about and that's going to be the attention grabbing main event for wrestlemania true and they would know by now uh whether they have that or not you know whether yeah. they have ronda for for mania and whether that's the plan or not so yeah which is unfortunate mm-hmm. to whatever the other women's championship matches because it's mm-hmm. gonna be very overshadowed by that mm-hmm. yeah which yeah, but that's kind of what Ronda's done to the women's division. I know. Um, you know, and I know there's arguments for that that's good and that's a good thing and that it's a bad thing. Um, but man, I guess that's part of uh what comes along with Ronda Rousey, you know? Yeah. Um, so who is your pick tomorrow? Let's uh so let's start with uh Roman versus Seth for the WWE Universal Championship. Uh you know, I, I really think that there are some possibilities here for Seth to take it. Mm. Um, and I think that's how they really keep people talking and how they, you know, we we kind of think we've got it all figured out for Mania already and they're not even officially on the road to WrestleMania yet. Yeah. So, you know, I think it might be a good idea to have Seth win tomorrow and I have faith that that could happen. Yeah, yeah you know what? I'm going to say... It could happen. I'm going to put my money on Seth. I think he's pretty conniving these days, and he might be able to pull something out of his hat. And then what about Edge and Beth Phoenix versus The Miz and Maurice? 
Oh, Edge and Beth have to take this one for a for a plethora of reasons. <laughs> I think that perhaps it'll open the show. Yeah. Um. Right. Is that a, that a pretty safe assumption? Yeah. And that it'll be messy, and that the Miz and Maurice will definitely get what's coming to them, and we will all rejoice. <laughs> no, absolutely. Uh, Becky Lynch versus Dewdrop for the Raw Women's Championship. So Becky's gonna take this one, but again, I'm still gonna want to. I still want to watch it. You know, I'm still going to be rooting for Dewdrop, even though I don't think she could win at all, With which says more than maybe if we actually thought she could win. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, we're still 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 have my eyes on that one. I think that could end up being a great match. Um, I hope we see the return of Piper Niven in this uh, match. But oh. but I think if 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 Dewdrop wrestles with that intensity, um, mm -hmm. I think this could be a great match. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, uh, she can get people talking either way. So. Yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, then Brock Lesnar versus Bobby Lashley for the WWE Championship. You know, that's another one that I think is a bigger question mark than people will assume. Does Brock Lesnar need a championship? Not at all. Does he need it to have um, a match that everyone will talk about at WrestleMania? Not at all. Yeah. Um, does Bobby Lashley need the championship? Yeah, he kind of does. And he's the one who's going to be there every week getting people to tune into or not into their weekly show, which is all, which is their bread and butter, you know, just as much as WrestleMania is, just as much as any premium live event is. So, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, it could, uh, it could happen. It would be interesting to see if that happens. But yeah, I think Brock like really doesn't need a title. Um it, this is kind of a weird chance to have, but I feel like with Roman and Brock having the championships, it mm -hmm. devalues the title, not because of the quality of their performance, but because they are booked in such a strong way that any contenders that they have that are not one another seem mm -hmm. destined to lose. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's very that's a really good point. Um, and that not only says something about the championship, but also about all the other competitors. Yeah. Right. That doesn't raise anybody up. The either yeah. either of the two of them having a championship doesn't raise anybody else up. Um, and also, I think Bobby Lashley is a very believable opponent for Brock Lesnar. Oh yeah, you know it's not like Brock looks weak if he loses to Bobby Lashley. And the fact that this is such an anticipated bout also makes me think that you know Brock Lesnar can't win all the time. They got to know wow. that. Um, this I think would be the time for him to to take the L. It'll be interesting to see if that happens. Um, so who is your pick for the men's Royal Rumble match? Oh, you know, um, that one doesn't get me quite as excited. Yeah. Um, and I think it's because to me, there isn't a clear, there isn't a clear winner. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. Who's your pick? Okay. If Roman loses the title, yeah, I could see Roman and which, by the way, like to me, that's that's the most boring, predictable outcome is Roman or Brock winning the Rumble. Like that's just yeah. we have it's like wasting money in the bank. It's like, why yeah. did we do all this just for them to get an opportunity when you could just say they had a title opportunity and everyone would believe it? Right. You know, um, you know, Alfred's been saying Johnny Knoxville. I don't think that's insane. 
I don't think it is either just because of the rub that WWE has gotten from yeah. um, doing these partnerships with mainstream media recently. You know, the whole the egg thing with Netflix, the zombies at the, with the Halloween thing. I mean, they have gotten a lot of mainstream attention off of that and and getting those casual fans to remember, oh, yeah, WWE exists. I mean, that's worth a lot to them. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, although I could see you could put Johnny versus Sammy at WrestleMania that books itself uh apart from that i mean i'd really like to be surprised by the winner tomorrow like i don't want it to be someone who's held a championship or been in championship contention recently but that does also unless kind of maybe biggie yeah biggie Except biggie no, biggie would be good it would be good if they would put him back in that position credibly yeah. so quickly you know right right well it's tough but that's the problem if it's a wild card winner i just don't think they're going to have a chance you know it's uh it's easy to be so cynical about this well, it is. And I think with the men's rumble, there's more that could happen throughout the evening, too, that oh, could yeah. change up who we even see um, in in the match. So that one, it's just a bigger it's just a bigger question mark. Brian Cyrus in the chat with the super chat is saying if Seth wins tomorrow, is there any chance we see Kevin Owens winning the rumble or maybe he wins his title opportunity in Elimination Chamber? Oh, I mean, I think that's something that people would get excited about, right? Yeah. We had we had Kevin Owens versus Brock Lesnar. Yeah, the Becca like well, did they do that it's been a while? TV. Just searching that. I think that was a house show been thing. A while. Yeah. That could be cool. I'd like to mm -hmm. see that. Yeah, it could. And that would be another one that would have hardcore fans and casual fans both talking, right? It's unexpected. I would love to see a legitimate Sami Zayn Brock Lesnar match at some point. <laughs> yeah. Keep keep your fingers crossed for that one. Yeah. Well, oh, let's well, Sammy well. like really do his stuff during that, yeah. you know, and not just have it be like a simple squash. Um, okay, so let's talk about the women's rumble. Who's your pick there? Uh, my pick for the women's rumble is Bianca Belair. Yes. I think there is a lot to the story of her winning two years in a row. She got so shafted. Um, you know, a, a championship opportunity seems like it belongs to her more than any other woman on the roster. Uh, and I just love Bianca. And I think that that uh, would be great story leading up to uh, WrestleMania. So I'm cheering for Bianca, but I think all the other little things that are happening in that match, you know, um, Sonia and Naomi, Summer and Natty. Um, I just think that we are going to come out of the Royal Rumble talking about more from the women's Rumble match than just who the winner is. And I think it's going to have more ramifications uh, for the future of the talent. It would be really interesting if the story that came out of the Rumble was Ronda versus Asuka and that's not even for a title. Like if that's, okay. a, I don't think they're bold enough to do that. No. Like, well, because what would that do for the other women's title? I mean, it would, it would, be, it would, I mean, True. that, that would steal the attention away from everything. True. But that's, um, the rumble is kind of the only place where you can do that. Right. Because there can be, someone can interfere or, you know, between Oscar, we can set up those storylines and it will make sense. Yeah. Right. Uh, you know, if Oscar, uh, prevents Rhonda from, from winning in some way, shape or form yeah. or, or the reverse, there's, there's a lot they could do with that. Um, I think a returning Bailey could win. Oh, yeah. Um, but no, I like I like your pick of Bianca. I mean, it seems like it's Bianca needs a little bit of a of a reboot. I think mm -hmm. to bend, this would give her that momentum to have mm -hmm. that chance to be really credible in the in the title picture again. Right. And again, believability. You know, she's she is the EST. 
we she should win the Royal Rumble. Yeah. Like, if, if it wasn't predetermined, that <laughs> should, my pick would still be Bianca Belair. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. If it wasn't predetermined, I think Rhea Ripley, like, just has the, the mix of athleticism, physique, and just power. Yeah. Like, yeah. Rhea Ripley, I think, could beat up the majority of people in WWE, male or female, like, in a shoot fight. Yeah, she just is very menacing. She she would love to hear you say that. I mean, she but she but you believe it, right? It's like there's when? some performers that you go, okay, well, they have the speed, they have the agility. Um, I think about like when Bailey faced Nijax in NXT, and it's like, okay, you have a smaller opponent who has to be faster, and then you have an opponent that has a lot of strength, and you have to balance it off. But no, Rhea just looks like she could just go out there and just dominate. I mean, give me like Rhea versus Shayna in a shoot fight, like yeah. That would be intense. <laughs> that would be the most incredible matchup. I mean, Charlotte has great athleticism, but mm -hmm. I mean, something about Rhea and Shayna just look like they could they could throw down. Oh yeah, absolutely, man. Maybe they'll get their chance. Yeah. Um, and you mentioned Charlotte there, and you know, I think she's obviously a, a top pick as well to yeah. win the Women's Royal Rumble. But again, she's someone that everybody's everybody's going to have their attention on her, right? Every superstar is going to want to be the one who eliminated Charlotte Flair. So again, it's very um, believable that five superstars all go after her right away at the beginning, toss her over the top. And, you know, she doesn't look any weaker because of it, because they all ganged up on her, you know? So I think this is an opportunity for Charlotte Flair to lose in a way that doesn't affect her. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting, um, with this and her entering, um, as the SmackDown women's champion, because in my mind, the, the most boring outcome to this is charlotte wins the rumble as champion and then goes mm -hmm. out and like gives a speech about challenging herself and then ronda rousey comes out because she wasn't able to prep or train and they just sort of say you me wrestlemania and that's how we go off the air like to me that's just the laziest way to get to that match mm -hmm. yeah i didn't like that glenn no it's so unsatisfying <laughs> which is why i don't put it past them at all right you know right yeah see and that's why like what i was talking about with ronda it sort of feels like she comes in and ruins everything yeah. doesn't it <laughs> it does and i just don't want that to happen i know and, but, and, that's, and that's part of it too it's like why does it have to be for a title but it was it was the same thing um when they headlined mania which feels like forever ago but it was the same thing oh we have to have the raw and smackdown women's champion so they had to do the gymnastics to get the title off oscar and onto charlotte and then have it be for all the belts and i don't know i mean can you have a main event of wrestlemania or a main event or a co-main event that that doesn't have to have a title involved to me that's that's bold thinking but again it's the idea of you look at the other uh, point of view and you say, well, it's because we don't have any championship matches that are worthy of that. So therefore giving the, giving the title on the line gives it stakes. You know, I think it makes the matchup seem even more important. Yeah. Uh, the, the story, the feud, the stakes, just because there isn't a championship involved, but people, these two competitors still want to tear each other apart on the grandest stage of them all, um, you know, because of some great story that we've been given. I, I mean, I, I like that. I like yeah. that. And it kind of brings it back to um, feeling again, like it's not predetermined feeling like it's a little old school, like anything can happen. Like it isn't just about who is scripted to have the belt next week. You know what I mean? Well, like Winston Thompson in the chat saying it'd be dope if Mickey James eliminated Charlotte, that would be dope. That would never happen. <laughs> 
it would never happen. Um, but you know, that would be pretty cool. And, um, Oh, you know, I kind of forgot about Mickey. It's, that's another great yeah. story that's involved in all that too. Um, she's going to make a good showing, I'm sure. And I think uh, one of the other things we should predict is whether or not she will be allowed to come out with her knockouts championship. Well, I'll tell you, Raj thinks this is an idiotic prediction. I said it jokingly, but I'm talking myself into it. If the more they put on the knockouts championship, and if, if Mickey eliminates Charlotte, WWE is a hundred percent acquiring impact or doing something with impact because there is no other way they would put that over that much. Right. Right. Absolutely. No, no um, you know, there, there is a part of me that thinks they are really trying to do right by Mickey. Yeah. And that includes letting her come out with the championship, letting her say whatever she wants, letting her wear whatever she wants yeah. and be, you know, the, the second to last person eliminated from the rumble. She certainly has earned that. Yeah. I mean, but she's part of the reason I'm tuning in tomorrow. I mean, I oh, think God. that there's just, um, it's amazing how even with the things they've announced, there's unpredictability in that, given what are tra traditionally is a very surprise-filled match. So I'm looking forward to it. Uh, those are our predictions for tomorrow. Let's talk about Rampage. So all of this was taped Wednesday. Oh, and after the live Rampages, uh, or Rampage last week, going back to a tape show. <laughs> it, it's tough it's tough the audience tonight the rampage the fans looked dead there were several times where i was like is that fake crowd noise because nobody's nobody's even got their mouth open you know yeah. it was a lot of the same signs signs that we saw in dynamite and it just there is a, a less exciting feeling to it when you can tell immediately that it's not live yeah. um and i don't mind suspending my disbelief you know tell me it's live um if i can't tell that it isn't you know yeah. what I mean? But, but yeah, it just, it, it sort of feels tired and rampage needs to feel fresh. It needs to feel different from dynamite. It needs to feel like its own show, like really yeah. um, build its own identity and being in the, being at the taped after dynamite, you know, with the same crowd in the same city does not give it that distinction. Yeah. It's, it's unfortunate. I mean, I thought this was actually a great opening match with John Moxley versus Anthony Bowens. Max Caster in tow loved uh, the freestyle. Thought it was a really good setup, and I love that Moxley just giving Bowen such an opportunity tonight that this could have easily been a squash. And this went for a very long time. Was very competitive. Moxley looked great as always, but Bowen's really got a chance to shine. He did. And did you think that Moxley looked like he was having so much fun? Yeah. Like he really looked like he was enjoying himself. There was even a couple times where he was selling or he was looking in pain, but it was almost like he, he couldn't help but have a smile on his face. And I think that says a lot too about um, the person that he's going up against. You know what I mean? That he was so excited to get in there and really tear it up with Anthony Bowens. Yeah. Um, and yeah, what an incredible opportunity for him. You know, with the acclaimed, it's it sort of felt like, okay, they want us to, to love them. They want us to know them. They've been used well. You know, they could kind of just be treated as a gimmick since they're so good at coming out and doing the thing with the mic. But this was really an opportunity to remind us that, they're they're both really serious in-ring competitors as well and um i mean people were going to get into this and it would have opened the show you know moxley's match back no matter who it was but this was a great choice for an opponent for him and um, I, I watched every second of it i thought it was great this was really good especially i feel like rampage is a show that has suffered from so much sameness um yes. 
Yes, four matches, same segments, backstage interviews, in and out all the time. And then Mark Henry's backstage and the split screen and the yes, so formulaic. Factions and you know we're seeing the same people so this was cool this was a really good opening i like this and then this seemed random like i was almost doing uh booking uh, mad libs and drawing names out of a hat but i never thought i would see a promo with andrade al idolo and darby allen trading yeah yeah you know darby anytime that he speaks it's like a little you're like oh yeah he can talk <laughs> just because he does the silent brooding thing yeah. so well so it always just kind of throws me for a loop and then yeah and him the same with andrade and it just yeah it was a head scratcher i like sting a lot but i think sting has held darby back given oh. how striking and enigmatic those early darby promos were yeah and getting to dive into his character. I mean, I don't want him to be the boy wonder sidekick. No, it, he was so over on his own. I, I've been confused since the beginning why they even really paired the two of them together. Yeah. Um, and, and didn't think that it would last this long. So, yeah, I'm with you on that. Yeah, but this was cool tonight. i um, curious where that's going to go. And then we had FTR with Tully Blanchard versus Lee Johnson and Brock Anderson with Arn Anderson having a match. What did you think of this? I think that this was something that could have been so good. They could have built so much storyline up here with Tully and Arn and, and Arn and, and his son. And there was so much there. This could have been like the first big, great feud of Rampage, right? This could have gone yeah. on for, for at least many weeks, maybe even a couple months. Like they really could have built something here with the history of the Four Horsemen. And I mean, it's, it's so just what AEW fans love. Right. Yeah. There's so much potential there for all the things that are the reason why we love AEW. And it just felt like this was kind of blowing it all off. Um, you know, a, a great match. But I think that if they would have given this a little more time and given it a little more story, we could have really believed that um, Brock and Lee would have a chance up against FTR. Yeah. yeah and FTR, I mean, consistently looks very strong so them getting the win was was not surprising at all uh followed by a hype video next week one-on-one -on -one, thunder rosa and mercedes martinez are you excited about this yes i am uh that's one that feels like it's been building right um you know it does have a little bit of a story there and man both of those women are just so scary yeah. They are both so intimidating um, that I just I just feel like it's going to be an explosive match. You know, neither one of them are afraid to really take it there. Um, it feels like it's going to be one of those matches where you watch and you go, do they really hate each other? Are they really <laughs> killing each other? And then and just no, they're just that good. And they're just willing to put their bodies on the line that hard for our entertainment. And um, I'm I think that may be the match of the week next week. I that better get the golden placement of opening Rampage next week. Yeah. This better not be buried halfway through the show and only go for five, ten minutes. No. Yeah. This deserves as much time as a lot of these other opening matches have gotten. And uh, I'm so looking forward to it. Uh, flip side tonight, Jade Cargill had a relatively brief match, brief but intense yeah. against Julia Hart. Julia is still uh, sporting an eye patch from the missed attack by Malachi yeah. Black weeks ago. <sighs> Yeah, you know, I had a lot of problems with this yeah. when there's so much conversation about whether Jade is ready, whether she is a strong 
contender, whether her matches live up to the opportunity she's been given, when there's so much of that conversation, why put her in the ring with Julia Hart? Yeah. Why not a veteran? Why not someone stronger? Why not someone who could make her look fantastic? This at times tonight looked like a couple of trainees at the PC trying to figure things out. And I think Jade has improved so much. She clearly works her butt off because of how much she's improved and she'll definitely get there. And she is a fantastic champion and she has all the other things that really um, make a company money and bring yeah. eyes to the promotion. And that is even more important than being fantastic in the ring. But this did her no favors tonight. And poor Julia Hart, you know, her, her gimmick, the way it is, is something you have to be careful with because she yeah. can seem like such a joke when you're throwing her in a trash can and you're putting an eye patch on her and she's still got the eye patch. And it's just, where is she supposed to go from here? You know, she, she really does not look strong. Yeah. Um, and I don't know how they could even begin to build her up again. You know, she's a, a cheerleader valet at this point, And I think she could do so much better than that. And, um, and, I, and I hate to say that. Well, on top of all that, too, I mean, like, this seems like the most weirdly obvious thing. But, man, issues with depth perception, like wrestling in an eye patch. I mean, you don't even think about stuff like that. And if you're not super experienced, that could really mess you up. Yeah, and she's finally getting this championship opportunity and she can't even go out there and really do her best and really yeah. show people what she can do because she's doing it with one eye. Yeah. Again, it just makes her look her look silly, uh, really, at mm. the end of the day. Um, and if we're still trying to push the Malachi Black thing, you know, and, and if it's about her association with the Varsity Blondes, still then let her just do that and finish that out. Um, there just was no reason for her to have this opportunity tonight yet. Varsity um, Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, that's just, I'm just disappointed. Oh, yeah. no, <laughs> I'm just say, disappointed for her. Varsity Blondes, and, and I like all of the talent involved yeah. in that group, but yeah. that feels like the most B-level, uh, ruthless aggression gimmick. Mm -hmm. Very spirit squad, just kind of, they're making the best of it, you know? And I think that there's so much talent there, but yeah, this is not, matches like this don't do anyone favors if you're on the losing end. No. No, not at all. Um, no, it doesn't. And I and I always want to root for the women to get mm -hmm. uh, TV time and to get matches like this. But I just think it would have done the the title and Jade uh, a, a lot more if it would have been a different opponent. And yeah. uh, we could have let we could have let Julia not get buried so hard. Yeah, and this is why if you're not going to have it be a veteran and have them go toe to toe, this is why you have enhancement talent who aren't going to be damaged by an embarrassing loss exactly exactly you know uh so after that uh and jade is now 26 and oh we then had I, I did i do want to say i did appreciate how the commentators will not call her that b um, oh, yes. because I don't like that when men use that word, um, it's especially, weird. yeah, it is, it is weird. So I appreciated that they had the good sense, just be like that, you know what, like even we're scared, like she can call herself that, but, um, I think she might come over here and beat my ass if I do, you know? And so I could just appreciate that they had the sense not to, not to say that. No, absolutely. And, uh, then we had private party with Matt Hardy versus jungle boy and Luchasaurus with Christian cage for the AEW tag team championship in the main event tonight. Uh, what'd you think of this match? I actually, there were some moments where I went, Hey, could private party win this? 
Yeah. You know, um, what was I went, hey, are Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy just kind of interim champions? Like, are they done already? Did they get their opportunity? Um, because yeah, this this really felt like something where it could have could be anybody's game. As someone who I feel like I've been a fan of them since jump, um, now I'm just bummed every time I see Christian with them, and I'm like, Yep, that's the Marco stunt. They were like, he's the part that's not working. You know, and it, like it just it bums me out now, which is not what I want to feel when I see them, you know? No, it doesn't. And you know what? As far as Marco's stunt goes, I hope that he I, I think he will keep trying to be successful in the world of entertainment. I think he's got a lot of spirit. And I think that maybe that just wasn't the right thing yeah. for him. You know what I mean? Um, so I'm kind of excited for him and to to hear what he does. Sometimes people need um a door to slam in their face to yeah. figure out which other door to open. You know what I mean? So I'm not really sad for Marco Stunt. I'm kind of excited for him. I think yeah. he'll he'll jump right back. Um, but yeah, and, and Christian and, and Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy, they don't need Christian. Christian doesn't need all. them. I, I've been confused by that since it started. Um, I guess it worked out well that then you had him and, and Matt Hardy. But again, mm -hmm. what is Matt Hardy doing just yeah. being a manager? And with Private Party, I feel like he takes away some attention from them. I don't know. It's, it's a fine line to walk as a manager where you're there to enhance, uh, you know, the talent you're managing, but not upstage them. And I feel that, and which is, which by the way, that really says something about a private party that they could be upstage, but Matt Hardy is like a legend. Uh, and so has so much personality in whatever he does. Like, yeah, you could get anyone else and it would be enhancement, but with Matt, it's a little overshadowing. Times. Yeah, and you know what? They, I guess, Private Party did need something. They did yeah. need someone to be set apart. Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy did not. Yeah. <laughs> they do. They do not need anybody. Um, you know, and with Private Party, they have really cool T-shirts. But what I've been saying about them since the beginning, um, and and you know, I would be happy to hear if our live viewers think that this is off. But they just always have felt like a street profits knockoff. Mm. And I know they were doing their thing long before and they've been together and they've had this gimmick, you know, since before we saw the street profits on TV. But if someone beats you to TV, you got to change things up a little bit, mm. you know, from, from the way that they move in the ring to the whole, the gimmick and then the partying and all of that. It just, it feels like it's already being done and already been done. And I'm sure there are creative guys who could come up with something else um, they just they just feel like a knockoff. And I know that they're not, um, yeah. but they got to do something to to set themselves apart a little bit. Yeah, it is a little sort of Marvel DC. And I wonder if yeah. um, on the WWE side, if that helped Street Profits a little bit where they were like, OK, we've got this act. There's another act that there's there's some similarities between them. Let's mm -hmm. push ours, you know, as much as possible and get that, uh, you know, and be, be seen as the dominant uh, version of that character in the marketplace. Yeah. I mean, for all we know, uh, someone may have seen Private Party and and yeah. gone, hey, we should do that exact thing. You yeah. know, that that could be the case. But if someone beats you to TV, you got you to gotta switch it up a little bit. Well, I mean, you know, people talk about this during the Monday Night Wars. It's like, oh, yeah, I really like that uh, that bald guy that kicks everyone's asses. You know, and it's like, well, which which one are you talking about? Goldberg <laughs> right. or Stone Cold Steve Austin? Um, but they're still two very distinctly different characters once you get past the surface level. And they were booked differently. And I think that that's all it would really take. But I don't know. The, the Matt Hardy pairing, 
I'm not saying it's bad, but I'm saying that like it's almost Matt Hardy is not there to compliment it. I think he almost overtakes it a little bit at times. Yeah. 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 And I, I think you're right. And of course Matt Hardy's gonna do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> of yeah. course. Uh, but this was a good match and you're right. I mean, I thought private party could have won the championships here. It was interesting that Luchasaurus and jungle boy won and then were attacked by gun club and we saw gun club standing yeah. tall when we went off the air. So we see where that's all going now. Yeah. And you know what? They're, um, they're ones that are bringing some mainstream eyes too with the yeah. E show that I haven't watched yet, but I'm, I'm determined this weekend to sit down and uh, catch up on that one. Cool. Um, cause I think that's pretty cool. You know, there's a lot of power in that uh, mainstream and the pop culture and having that e um, synergy going. You know, it all mm -hmm. it all worked very well for Total Divas. Oh yeah, seriously. Total, D they stopped that finally, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't believe it's been officially canceled, um, but they pretty much said it's dead, and it's been a few years. You yeah. know uh, what NBC Universal uh, and their and E is under that family. Mm -hmm. What they're doing sometimes now is bringing back some of those shows um, as exclusive to Peacock. Oh, yeah. Network. So I kind of have my fingers crossed. Maybe we'll yeah. see Total Divas on Peacock Network in the future. Hey, I just, I just want them to bring back Swerved. I think, uh, you know, there's still, ah. still a lot of creativity left to explore. And it's and been long enough now where people have forgotten about it. Like they could probably set up some good stunts again. The network was so good, not necessarily when it launched, but like year two or three where they were just tossing like for what the WWE seemed like stupid money and just putting on yeah. these different shows. It was so much fun. And I recognize most of it did not catch on, which is why they were all canceled and we don't really have the WWE network right. in any, any uh, way, shape or form anymore. And it's just so unfortunate because it was a lot of fun while it lasted. And it felt like um, an exclusive place for wrestling fans to yes. go, right? Like now it's like, Oh, I got a peacock and I choose WWE, but like, it doesn't feel like, um, like a, club or something no, you know we don't even have well, there's like four wwe avatars on peacock you know yeah yeah it doesn't feel like there's enough wwe on it no no and with the numbers that came out this week uh peacock has wwe to thank for like um, oh yeah 1.4 million of their subscribers or something like that so that's yeah. huge yeah it was not the punky brewster reboot that was bringing everyone to peacock apparently Oh, I forgot about that. Has that come out now? It did. It came out. Alexa on it. It came out last year. Uh, we watched like two oh, episodes. So we were like, this, this is okay. Saved by the Bell reboot, however, is fantastic. Love it. Love it. Love it. Like that show is too good for what it is. Mm -hmm. so I know. It's so old. I know. I know. And it was my favorite back in the day. And now, yeah. and it just, but it burns off so quick. It's like I know. eight half hour episodes and then it's over. Well, you know, I don't know what's better. What's better, Christy, that, you know, getting it all out of the way in a weekend or just 52 weeks a year, two shows a week. It never ends. There are no breaks. <laughs> you know? No seasons. Yeah, no seasons. That's why it's so weird when they're like, oh, it's the season premiere of Monday Night Raw. Like, no, it's not. No. No, a season premiere is when a show goes away for three months. Yeah, we, we don't Never have finales happened. with like a murder mystery or, you know, we don't have right. new characters at the start of the new season, you know? <laughs> yeah, give give me that, you know, and I think yeah. that would improve things. Uh, but all in all, this was a good night for wrestling. But yeah, this is kind of Christmas Eve feeling to tomorrow night being Rumble Day. Like, I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, and I think a lot of people are. You know, I've seen um, some really positive um, stuff about everything that's going on for the show. And I, I like that energy. 
You know, um, it felt like it, sometimes it feels like it's the cool thing to crap on WWE and creative and whatever they're doing. Um, and I think anytime that they can distract people enough from the fun of that, because what we're watching on the show is actually fun and entertaining yeah. us, that we don't need to entertain ourselves with all that kind of negative talk, like then they're doing a good job. And that's uh, how how this weekend feels with Royal Rumble. Oh, totally. And and I think the odds are stacked in their favor. Like I've always said, it's almost impossible to screw up the Royal Rumble money in the bank of WrestleMania. You know, it's like those are the three easiest pay-per-views. <laughs> uh, cool. Well, uh, so great hanging out with you tonight. Everyone can find you on Twitter at Christy Reports. And uh, anything you want to plug, anything you're working on lately you're excited about? Uh, no, I've got some new stuff coming up soon. I really am determined to uh, make some positive content in this world and some positive news stuff and um, to just really lean into things that we can all have have fun with and love together. So um, that's what I'm working on. And I really do love to interact with everybody. So connect with me at Christy Reports. And uh, this was so fun, Glenn. Yeah, this was great. Uh, I'm at Glenn Rubenstein. Issa and Alfred will be back on Tuesday. And I do have to plug to, for Yellow Jackets Buzz, Issa and I interviewed today Eduardo Sanchez, who directed the Yellow Jackets season finale and also a little movie called The Blair Witch Project. And that episode will be dropping tomorrow on the Yellow Jackets Buzz feed. Awesome. I'll be listening. Cool. Well, thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Happy Royal Rumble Eve to you all. We will catch you back here next time on the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Take care.